right, well, good morning, everyone. Are we awake? <laughs> if I'm awake, you got to be awake. It, it, it's only fair. I had, I had a late shift last night, um, but I got a nap this morning, so I feel a lot better, and I had lots and lots of coffee. So coffee is, coffee is a good thing. Coffee will be in heaven, or it will just naturally be in us, I think, maybe. That's... That's that'll be the perfection of all that, but but it's good. But man, it is a crazy week. I, I love um, it, this is my favorite part of the week. I look forward to just coming up and getting able to preach and see you guys and hang out with you guys because I know we're all busy during the week and and, and everything. And it, I had fun actually this week. It, it was a hard week, but I had fun. I actually had a young man come up to me and leaving City Walk late at night and just asked me like, "Hey, where can I meet girls?" I need to meet girls. And for the first time, I don't know why, I just looked at him and says, do you understand you just asked the Baptist preacher how you could pick up a lady? <laughs> Those guys started praying right then. <laughs> it was so much fun. So we get opportunities all the time to do stuff and do that. And, and so I'm excited that we're getting back into Acts. Um, we did it last week um, at the end of our um, At The Movie series with, with the conversion of Paul. And I'm glad to get back into kind of this journey and, and, and do all that. Um, but, you know, does it ever feel like you just feel like, man, I should be doing something more. There's something more I'm going to need to be doing or, or I want to do. But it just seems like things get in the way. You know, that there, there's always like some kind of obstacles. There's always something in the way. And, 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 and it gets frustrating at times. You know, you, you feel like God's told you to do something or say something, and it's just, again, there just seems like stuff pops up. That's what I want to talk about this morning, because I believe with all my heart, yes, that we are going to face obstacles, but our God is bigger than any obstacle we can face in, in our lives, in ministry, and whatever. And, and so I'm excited to kind of dive into this. So if you have your Bible, turn to Acts chapter 10. Um, we'll pick up there. If you don't have a Bible, we have them here available. If you use electronics, um, just sign into our Wi-Fi, GBC Guest. Just type in Find More, all lower caps, and you can sign in there and follow along. But, you know, the more I study, the more I prepare and, and do these messages, the more I'm just overwhelmed with the thought that, man, these really are the only words that matter. They just, I mean, it can't be said any better than what it said in these words. And, and, and so I, I'm so grateful and humbled by the fact that I get to present this to you, but knowing that um, my words mean nothing if they're not based on these words, and if it's not these words. And so out of respect for that and, and acknowledgement of the power of God's word, I'm going to ask if you'll stand with me as we read in Acts chapter 10, starting at verse 9. <coughs> and it says, The next day as they were traveling and nearing the city, city Peter went up to pray on the roof about noon. He became hungry and wanted to eat. But while they were preparing something, he fell into a trance. And he saw heaven opened and an object that resembled a large sheet coming down, being lowered by its four corners to the earth. In it were all the four-footed animals and reptiles of the earth and the birds of the sky. And a voice said to him, Get up, Peter, kill and eat. No, Lord, Peter said, for I have never eaten anything impure and ritually unclean. Again, a second time, the voice said, What God has made clean, do not call impure. This happened three times, and suddenly the object was taken up into heaven. Let's pray. God, I thank you for this morning. I thank you for the opportunity just to gather. God, whether large, small, a few, many, it, God, it doesn't matter because you're here. And you have something to say. 
God, and you have something you want to do in each of us. And so this morning, God, I just pray for each of us, might include just open hearts, open minds, God, that we would just hear from you, that we'd hear your words, not mine. God, that they would encourage us, that they would challenge us, God, and that it would change us, God, from the inside out. God, that we would be different because we were with your people in your house today. So, God, I just I ask that you speak this morning. God, give us ears to hear, give us hearts to respond, and give us the courage to live it out. And may you get all the glory and all the praise. We pray it all in Jesus' name. Amen. You guys can be seated. I, I love this story. And it's a huge transition because uh, last week what we did was talk about Paul's conversion. We knew that Paul was called to go plant churches and really to be the preacher and the pastor to the Gentiles and, and, and everything. And, and so we're seeing this huge transition in Acts. And everything we've studied so far in Acts and everything we've gone, it's really centered around Jerusalem. It's centered around the Jewish people um, and it's all that. But all of a sudden things are about to change. And, and, and I love it. And before it even, even changes and, and the direction, and everything starts happening and all the craziness that's going to happen from here on out and just the explosion of God's grace and, and, and everything. We get this little kind of break right here in chapter 10. And, and, and I love that, yeah, there, there are obstacles and there are things that we have to face and, and all stuff. But before we ever get started with anything, it, it is God that prepares the way. I, I, I love that um, we don't really even start anything. You know, when, when, when God laid it on our hearts uh, to, uh, almost three years ago um, to plant this church, to, it wasn't a new idea. God, I didn't look at God and say, hey, you know, hey, there needs to be churches in Four Corners. He's like, you know, I never thought of that. That's a really good idea. No, no, it's something that's always happened. It, it's something that God goes ahead and he starts something. In a, in a few weeks this fall, on Sunday nights, we're going to be doing a study called Experiencing God. And I don't know if you've, if you've done it in the past. It's an old study. A guy named Henry Blackaby put it together. It's one of my favorite studies. I've probably gone through it like three times. And every time I do it, I get something new out of it. And, and, and I love it. And it's a great idea. It's about hearing God's voice in our life. But it starts, that entire study starts with the premise, the idea that we don't start anything. We're just invited to join God where he's already working. And the fact is, it is that that God starts everything for us. It, we, we don't start. God is always at work. We just join him where he's already working. And, and so that's really what's happened. So before Peter ever has his vision, back up to verse one. We see God kind of preparing the way of what's about to happen. In verse one, it says there was a man in Caesarea named Cornelius, a centurion of what was called the Italian regiment. He was a devout man and feared God along with his whole household. He did many charitable deeds for the Jewish people and always prayed to God. About three in the afternoon, he distinctly saw in a vision an angel of God who came, came in and said to him, Cornelius, staring at him in awe, he said, What is it, Lord? And the angel told him, Your prayers and your acts of charity have ascended as a memorial offering before God. Now send men to Joppa and call for Simon, who is also named Peter. He is lodging with Simon a tanner whose, whose house is by the sea. And when the angel who spoke to him had gone, he called two of his household servants and a devout soldier who was one of those who attended him. 
After explaining everything to them, he sent them to Joppa. And so before, before Peter ever gets his vision, before anything is going on, God is already setting the way. We've got this guy named Cornelius, and, and I love he's a centurion. And actually, centurion, it's kind of have a special place in my heart because a centurion was like a sergeant. He was like a non-commissioned officer, which was what I was in the army. You know, we, we have this whole thing. I, I love people would come up and, like, try to salute me. I'm like, no, I work for a living. I'm not like officers. I actually do work and all this stuff. No, I'm a, I'm, I'm, I'm a sergeant. I'm a non-commissioned officer. In fact, there's this whole thing in the back of my head. It says there's none more professional than I. I'm the backbone of the United States Army. And I think it was a very proud, it was a very noble thing to do. And so you have this guy, Cornelius. He's a professional Roman soldier, but I love that in some, some of your versions, it says he was a God-fearer. Verse 2, it says he was a devout man and feared of God along with his whole household. And so it doesn't tell us that he was a follower the way that he, he became, because there was a lot of people at that time that would come to Jerusalem. They'd come, and they, Jews would, like, proselyte them. They would become kind of Jews. They would, they would change and, and convert and become Jewish and everything. It doesn't say that. It just says he was a God-fearer. He knew there was something bigger than himself. And, and he was acting on that. And so this one guy, God starts preparing a way for something amazing to happen. See, I, I think so often we get locked into our plans and our ideas and our strategies for, for church and for ministry and for life. And we get so locked in that, that we forget that God is the one that makes the way. God's the one that sets it all up. In, fa in fact, we don't even understand everything that God has for us. We can't even begin to comprehend how God is working and doing that. In fact, that's what's back in Isaiah, Isaiah 55, 8. It says, for my thoughts are not your thoughts. Your ways are not my ways. This is the Lord's declaration. That God's ways are not our ways. It's not the same. In fact, later on in that chapter, it says, my ways are higher than yours. My thoughts are higher than yours. You can't even begin to understand or comprehend how big and how vast I am. And understand that this God that we follow and know how big he is, he has a plan in all of it. For all of us, for this whole world, for this church, for our individuality, all that stuff, God has a plan and he's preparing a way for us. We just got to pay attention. We, we just got to, we, we got to be ready. But the problem is, is there are obstacles, aren't there? So many times. So many times there's stuff that, I think most of the time we put them there. There are obstacles that we put away in fulfilling everything that God has for us and, and living that life that we always talk about here, that more life. You know, more of God, more for God, more from God, all, all that stuff. But there are obstacles that kind of get set up in our way. And that's what's happening here with Peter. Look, look one of those obstacles may be distractions. Look at, look at um, verse 9. It says, the next day as they were traveling and nearing the city, Peter went up to pray on the roof about noon. Verse 10, he became hungry. And wanted to eat. Have you ever been that person? You know, you sit down to pray. You know, here's Peter. All good intentions, man. I'm going I'm to go pray. I'm going to sit here. I'm going to find out what God's doing because I'm here in Joppa. There's got to be something and, and everything. And all of a sudden, you're praying. And if you're like me, often, like, I'm praying. I'm talking to God. And all of a sudden, I'm like, did I turn the coffee pot off? You know, I got a lot of stuff to do. And Lord, well, what was I supposed to do today? Did I make a list? There's all these distractions. We live in such a noisy world. 
Listen, if I could encourage you anything in your time, and I pray you're having time every day. You're talking to God, you're reading his word, you're spending time. But man, go somewhere where someone can't come out and say, hey, can you help me with this? <laughs> can you do this? Because those distractions get in the way. Now, I love that God used this distraction to kind of do something about it. Look, at it. it says he became hungry and wanted to eat. And so while they were preparing food, he fell into a trance. So he was already in the mode to hear from God. He was already in the mindset, like, I'm going to pray, even though he's hungry. And God uses that to speak to him. And in verse 11, it says, he saw heaven open and an object that resembled a large sheet coming down, being lowered by its four corners to the earth. And it were all the four-footed animals and reptiles of the earth and the birds of the sky. And a voice said to him, get up, Peter, kill and eat. But look at Peter's response. No, Lord, Peter said, for I have never eaten anything impure and richly unclean. Sometimes our obstacles become our traditions. The, the things we've always done, the things, you know, you know, you ever been at a church where like someone had a new idea and the first thing you hear is like, we've never done it that way before. <laughs> That's a nail in the coffin of a church. So sometimes we, we get so comfortable in, in, in what we live and everything. And for Peter, Peter's a good Jewish boy. He grew up, and, and the Levitical law was very, very clear about, you know, hey, here's what you eat, here's what you not eat, and, and you stay away from these things, and, and you don't go to these places, and you don't do that. And so Peter's, you know, it's... It's not a bad thing. Peter's saying, listen, I've never eaten anything impure. Like, I've tried to keep myself holy. I'm trying to follow your law, God. I'm trying to do this. But the problem is, is when things get so entrenched in us, they become obstacles. They become traditions. They become something, and they lose their meaning. And, that, and that's what's happening to Peter here. That's like, here you go. You're hungry? Here you go. Oh, but I can't eat that. That's a pig, you know? <laughs> we, we don't do pigs. We don't do those. We I, never. God, oh, we've never done it that way before. And, and we, we get locked in. And not only that, we, we met Cornelius, who's a centurion, which means he's a Gentile. And for a Jew that's trying to live according to law, they're not going to enter a Gentile house because more than likely there's going to be stuff in there that's unclean. I think sometimes we get so locked into like, you know, these are the songs I sing. This is the place I sit. This is how I do it. And this is how it's always been done. I can't go there. I can't do this. That's someone else's job. That's someone else. Not me, because this is where I am. And it becomes this huge obstacle for us. And we wonder why we're frustrated in our faith. Why don't I see God moving? Because we've placed an obstacle. But the truth is, is God will remove every obstacle in his plan. I love that. Look how he responds to him in Acts 15, 10, 15, and 16. He says, again, a second time a voice said to him, what God has made clean, you must not call common. Happened three times. And then the object was taken up to heaven. I love that it says it happened three times because I associate myself with Peter. Peter was a knucklehead. He walked with Jesus. He was a knucklehead when we walked with Jesus. He was a knucklehead after Jesus resurrected and still it took three times three times god said look eat no eat no eat <laughs> don't call unclean what i'm saying that it's okay to do 
Don't call it common. Three times. And, and I just got to tell you something. When God repeats himself, when Jesus repeats himself a couple of times, we need to pay attention. <laughs> See, because I think we get in the mindset of like there are certain people we can talk to. There are certain things that we can do and there are certain things that we can be involved in. But maybe not those, maybe not those. And suddenly God is an out-of-the-box kind of God. I'm really figuring out that every time I try to get God in a nice little box and say this is exactly how things are supposed to run and work and, and supposed to happen, God always breaks the box. We, we, can't, we can't be locked in to just that. And so God will remove any obstacle if we let him, I, if we just trust him. Now, if God's telling you no, then don't do it. But so often I think we feel the prodding of God, we feel the prodding of the Holy Spirit to go do something, to say something, to be a part of something. And yet we get the white knuckle syndrome, you know, the old white knuckles. I told you about this. When I was a kid, the preacher would say something and God would be speaking my heart and I'd be holding that pew so hard because I wasn't going forward <laughs> when he called for an invitation. My knuckles were white. And we hold on so tight and it becomes this obstacle. When God's like, I got so much more for you see Peter had an obstacle there's, there's this Gentile that God is speaking to God is opening up the whole promise that he made to Abraham that out of, out of your, this nation out of the Israelites there will be a blessing to all the people God is starting to open up this promise and reveal how this is going to work. And, and Peter, he's not wrong. He's not doing anything bad. He's like, God, I can't do this. I can't. I'm not going to eat that. You know, if God would just said, hey, go to Cornelius' house. It's a Gentile house. You know, he said, but God, I got to be careful because I could get unclean. There's something there. But God starts saying, no, no, I'm making a new, new, new way. You, you don't have to worry about this anymore. Which is really awesome because later on you read in Paul talking to the Corinthians and there's all these people that are eating food that was sacrificed to idols. And the Jews got all in an uproar. Look what they're doing. They can't do that. And we go back to this. And God says, whatever I said is clean, is clean. It's not what goes in the mouth that makes you unclean. It's what's in the heart. You know what Jesus said? This, this wasn't something new. Jesus already started proclaiming this. He was getting to the heart of the matter. And, and so, so with us, we, we just need to know that God, if there's an obstacle in your way, you just need to pray and say, God, this is in my way. You're the only one that move it, move it. And if he's calling you something, if he's leading you somewhere, he's going to make a way. He's not only going to make a way, but, but man, he, he's going to open doors. Listen, if you follow Jesus, if you have a passion to say, listen, I want to live my life for you, God. I want to live on purpose. I've done it my way. It doesn't work. I'm going to do it your way. There are obstacles that are going to come up. There are going to be things that happen in your life that seem like, well, how am I supposed to do this? I don't know how many times over the last three years that I haven't sat down and said, God, you sure you want this church? I don't, there's this going on. We got this. We need this. We need that. And there's these obstacles. And what I'm finding out is what um, Clarence Jones said. Great missionary. He said, the more obstacles you have, the more opportunities there are for God to do something. Listen, I pray dangerous prayers. I don't know why, but I do. 
my wife gets mad at me sometimes. She's like, stop praying that stuff. And, and one of my prayers always is like, God, I just want to see things happen in such a way that you get the glory, not me. I don't want the credit. I, I want you to get the credit. And so a lot of times that means things happen and stuff goes on. But we have to sit there and go like, okay, there's an obstacle. But this is just a chance for God to show up. I like how Mark Batterson says, it's like there are so many chances for God to not only show up, but to show off. And I want God to show off in my life. And so there are obstacles, bring them, because my God's bigger than them. It's just another chance. And so this morning, if you're facing some kind of obstacle, if there's something in your life that just seems to be blocked away, man, it's just one more opportunity for God just to reveal himself. And, and let him do it. Let him do it because not only does he clear the obstacles, but then he starts doing things like opening the doors. He, he opens the doors for us. It, it's him. I, I believe you have the job you have. You live where you're at. You're at the school where you're at. You do what you have because God opened a door for you. Now, you continue to do that because I think you work hard and you live on a high standard. You do all that stuff. But I think it's God that opens the doors for us, especially in ministry, for this church and in our life. God opens doors, and I think he does it every day. I think we just miss him so many times when we're walking by. Look what happens here. Look at verse 17. So Peter's had this vision. God has set up this whole thing with Cornelius and then goes and gets Peter ready and, and prepares him and takes away the obstacles. And all of a sudden it says in verse 17, it says, while Peter was deeply perplexed about what the vision he had seen might mean, right away the men who had been sent by Cornelius, having asked directions to Simon House, stood at the gate. They called out asking if Simon, who was also named Peter, was lodging there. Stop there. I love God's timing is always perfect. Literally, Peter gets out of his vision. He's like, okay, so I guess I can eat whatever. I can have hot dogs now. <laughs> I can have some ribs. Okay, that, that's cool. And right then, he's trying to figure out, in that moment, God knocks the door. Can I tell you, God is never late in his timing. And I believe with all my heart there is no such thing as a coincidence. That our God is that sovereign, our God is that in control, and he has it that planned out that there's no coincidence. And so right at the perfect time, Peter comes out of this vision trying to figure out, like, what does this mean? That means we can eat whatever we want, but it means something bigger than that, too. These guys knock on the door. Look at verse 19, it says, While Peter was thinking about the vision, the Spirit told him, Three men are here looking for you. Get up, go downstairs, and go with them with no doubts at all, because I have sent them. I love it. It's all about God opening the door. I, I think so often we, we get locked in questions. And I don't think God is afraid of any of our questions. God is bigger than all of our questions. But sometimes I, I think we just keep sitting there going, you know, who? God, who am I supposed to talk to today? Or who, who am I supposed to meet? Or who, who do you want me to go and, and minister to? You know, God, what am I supposed to do? When am I supposed to do it? And, and we get all that. And the truth is, in the end, God has the answer. We just have to be aware of it. I think so often we're asking so many questions, we miss the opportunity that God's laid in front of us. We're, we're so busy trying to figure out God's sitting here. You know, there's this old joke, you know, of, of a guy. He's, he's in his house and floodwaters come. <laughs> and, and the water's rising and, and somebody pulls up in a truck and, 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 he, and the guy's like, hey, get in the truck. 
get in the truck. We're going to get you out of here. You get, the water's rising. He's like, no, no, I've been a Christian my whole life. I'm going to trust God. You go save somebody else. A few hours later, the guy's like standing up in the water's like up to his neck. And somebody comes by in a little john boat and says, hey, buddy, get in, man. The water's still rising. We'll get you out. He's like, no, 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 I trust God. I'm waiting on him. I'm asking him what he wants me to do. You go on and save somebody else, all right? A few hours later, he's standing on his roof because the water is so high, and a helicopter flies over and drops a rope down. says, buddy, grab the rope, man. The water's still rising. Got to get you out of here. He says, no, I'm still trusting God. I'm going to ask him what he wants me to do, but you go save somebody else. The guy drowns. He gets to heaven, goes up to God, says, God, I don't understand. I was asking you. I was just trusting you. And, and, and you let me drown. And God looked at him and says, dummy, I sent you a truck, a boat, and a helicopter. I know. I think so many times we're so busy asking that we miss the opportunity. We, we just have to be ready. We have to be aware all the time. And not only we have to be aware, we need to be ready for them. God's not going to send you an opportunity if you're not ready. We, we have to be ready for it. And that's, I think that's what Peter's talking about later on in, in 1 Peter 3.15. He says, but honor the Messiah's Lord in your hearts. Always be ready to give a defense to anyone who asks for, the, for a reason for the hope that is in you. Can I, can I ask you this morning, can you give a defense? Can you tell people why? There's hope in you. Can you tell them why you go to church? I mean, you could be sleeping in this morning. You can be going fishing. Not you, Mark. I understand. I mean, you could be doing anything, but why? Can, can you give an answer for the hope that lies in you? We, we always have to be ready. We always have to be ready. And if you can't give an answer, listen, I, I want to challenge you. Then then let us help you. That, that's what our Sunday nights is about. And we, we do studies on Sunday nights that just like, hey, here's what we believe and why we believe it. Right now we're going through the covenants and saying this beautiful picture of the gospel all the way through the entire Bible, how God has made a promise and said, I'm going to do this and how he's been keeping it all the time. Like I said in in in. in in a few weeks or so, I'm, I'm really praying through this and seeing how this is going to work. I want us to do this thing called experiencing God. Where we really are understanding how God, how do I hear you? How do I hear your voice? How do I recognize where you're leading, where I'm going? And so it's a great study. I, I, want us, I, I would love to see us have small groups start this year. Of just uh, people in homes opening the Bible, doing like purpose-driven life or something, just saying, "God, what's the? These, this is what you created me for." I I want to see that. And so, if you can't answer for the hope that's in you, then let us help you because you need to be ready. Because someday, sometime, somebody's going to ask. Because I can tell you, the one thing this world is looking for more than anything else right now is hope. Are, are you ready to give an answer? Are you ready for when God opens that door to, to step through it? And that's the other key. We, we can't only be ready. We can't just be intellectual Christians. I, I think that plays a part of it. I think our faith is smart, and we need to understand what we believe and why we believe. I think it's important. I think we can have 
intelligent conversations with people of other faiths and no faith and, and say, this is why I believe and this is it. And it doesn't have to be an argument or anything, but we can do that and we need to understand that. But it can't just sit there in our mind. It has to have something that comes along with it. See, I think obedience equals movement also. I think God doesn't just call us. He calls us to something. Now, I know the Bible says, you know, be still and know that I'm God. I've had a lot of people, the Bible says for me to be still. <laughs> and that's not what that verse says. It says stop striving. Stop trying to do it under your own power. Stop trying to do it under your own will under, in your own way and do it God's way and know that he is God and do it his way. That verse is more about surrender than it is about just sitting around watching everybody else do work. I think that when God calls us and God has placed a call on everyone, that, that there's movement. Look at verse 24. It says, The following day he entered Caesarea. Now Cornelius was expecting them and had called together his relatives and close friends. And when Peter entered, Cornelius met him, fell at his feet, and worshipped him. But Peter lifted him up and said, Stand up. I myself am also... I am also a man. While talking with them, he went in and found a large gathering of people. Peter said to them, you know it's forbidden for a Jewish man to associate with, with, a, with or visit a foreigner. But God has shown me that I must not call any person impure or unclean. That's why I came without any objection when I was sent for. So may I ask why you sent for me? I love it. Peter could have said no. You know that? Peter could have said I'm, I'm not going. God, I, I can't go into a foreigner's house. It, it's it's going to make me unclean. It, it's, it's, against, it's against everything I've known, I, everything I've ever done. But if he's going to be obedient, there had to be movement. Peter had to go to obey. It's like the great commandment. You know, the great commission. Go. Into all the world. Make disciples. It, it's not a suggestion. It's a commandment. And for us to be obedient, we had to go. And I love that Peter, he acknowledges the past. He acknowledges the discomfort of it. It's okay, God. I'm not comfortable doing this. I'm, I'm not comfortable like going and talking to these people. I'm not comfortable in, in, in being a part of this ministry. I, this, is, this is something I've never done before, and I'm really kind of nervous, and it goes against what, what I've known. But, God, if this is what you're calling, I'm going to be obedient. I'm going to go because obedience equals movement. We have churches full of people that are just sitting there waiting for someone else to go. I've literally been in a Bible study talking about evangelism and had someone look me square in the face and say, that's not my job. That's the pastor's job. And I'm like, where does it say that? It says we're all supposed to go. We're all supposed to be people that reach out. Listen, I... All I think I love about this church is it's the most welcoming church. People get hugs. People, There's never a visitor here that's not like greeted by like five or ten people. And I love that our attitude and our, and our strategy is that we're all greeters. But we can't just be a welcoming church. We have to be an inviting church. We have to be going out and finding people and saying, hey, where do you go? Do you not go anywhere? You want to join us? 
If they don't want to go here, ask me. We'll find them a church. I don't care if they go here or somewhere, but we've got to go and actually move from here. We actually have to do something other than showing up on Sundays, sing some songs, listen to a sermon, then go and leave and do whatever we want. Because obedience equals movement. And I know it's uncomfortable. Listen, I can do this all day long. But there are days when I'm at Universal Studios and I'm talking to people, I'm just like, God, I don't want to say anything. I just, I don't know, no. And God's just whacking me in the back of the head. Say it, say it, say it. And I get nervous. And, and you, you can ask my wife, I, when there's a crowd of people, man, I can be the life of the party. But I would much rather be that person sitting in the corner just being really quiet and saying, just leave me alone. <laughs> if I don't know people that are around, I'm just like, mm, you didn't say anything. I, I understand that. I, I'm there with you. And it, it's not easy for me. I have these problems. I get distracted. I set up my own obstacles. But if we're going to be obedient, we've got to step. And Peter did that. He did what God said. He says, listen, this isn't what we do. It's we're not supposed to even go into your house, but. I can't I can't call any person impure or unclean. Because God sent me here. See, the truth is, is, is God made the way. And the best part about all this is that all we have to do is obedient, be obedient. All we have to do is say, God, you remove the obstacles. You open the door. I'll step through. The rest is up to him. The rest is up to God. The outcome belongs to him. It's not us. We're we're not going to change anybody's mind about our faith. We're we're not going to convince, argue, or anything, anybody in faith, because the Bible's very, very clear. Jesus said, no one comes to me unless the Father draws them. It is God that does the same. It's Jesus that hung on that cross. We just get to tell the story. Look what happens. Look what happens when when Peter's just obedient. And, And I love this. Look at verse 34. It says, Peter began to speak. Now, I truly understand that God doesn't show favoritism, but in every nation, the person who fears him and does what is right is acceptable to him. He sent the message to the Israelites, proclaiming the good news of the peace of peace through Jesus Christ. He is Lord of all. Here's Peter has this realization. This isn't just about us. This isn't just about me. This isn't. This isn't just this. Because a lot of them were believing it was just a Jewish sect. And aren't you thankful it didn't stay that way? Aren't you thankful it didn't just stay in Palestine? Because we wouldn't be here today if we weren't adopted in. Peter had an understanding. He's like, no, this this is something bigger. And, and God's doing something that I could never imagine, that I never even dreamed of. All those years I walked with Jesus, man. I see now this is something that's bigger. God has a plan and he invites us to join him. How cool is that? Do we understand God doesn't need us? He doesn't need me to preach. Some Sundays you don't need me to preach. (laughs) But he invites us. I'm the youngest of three. 
So I have an older brother and older sister, and so I was the tag along. You know, I was that person. I was like, oh gosh, we gotta bring we gotta bring Tony. Everything. It was so cool to me when my brother would say, "Hey, I'm gonna go like build a fort. You wanna come with me? See what I'm doing?" That's what God does. God's like, "Hey, I'm doing something amazing. I'm building a kingdom that's gonna last forever. You wanna come and be a part of it? You wanna see what's happening? In fact, I'm gonna. You can help." cool is that that God invites us and we don't have to worry about what happens because the outcome is his listen God's heart is that all should hear God's heart this morning is that everyone in four corners everyone in Claremont everyone in central Florida everyone in Florida in the United States and all over the planet that everyone should hear the gospel and I'm not naive to think that everyone is going to accept it but I believe all my heart that everyone deserves a chance to hear it and make up their own mind. We don't pick and choose. We don't pick and choose who we talk to or not. We just, we just be obedient to what God is calling us to do. We just step out because he's cleared the path. He's knocked down the obstacles. He's opened the doors. We just step through and we leave the outcome to him. And look what happens. I love this. It says in 40, verse 44 and 45, it says, while Peter was still speaking these words, Peter was in the middle of his sermon preaching. And we know Peter likes to preach. He's got great sermons, but he didn't even finish. It says, while Peter was still speaking the words, the Holy Spirit came down on the, all those who heard the message. The circumcised believers who had come with Peter were astounded because the gift of the Holy Spirit had been poured out on the Gentiles also. I want that interruption. <laughs> that is, I mean, that's just, I'm like halfway done. I just open up and said, hey, here's where we're going to be studying today. And all of a sudden God just breaks out and like, hey, I just got saved. And listen, that, man, that's awesome. Because in that way, it is God that gets the credit and not me. And when we're obedient and we are just stepping out into him, God moves. In, in the end, it's for God's glory anyway. Listen, one day we're not going to stand in heaven and, and Jesus is going to sit there and say, hey, by the way, Grace Baptist, that's the name of the church here. You guys got it right. It's the only church. <laughs> because it's not about this church. It's not about any of the church. It's not about me. It is about God's glory. It's about his kingdom that's going to last forever. And we get to see that. When we let him remove the obstacles, when we let him open the doors and we step through. And there should, there should be no doubt. And when we're doing that, guys, that's when we experience that more. No matter what's going on in this world or going on in life, when we see God moving, that's when that, that fire lights up inside of us. question this morning then is what has God called you to today who's that person that God's saying hey I put them next to you so they could see me through you say something I put this church here because there's a ton of people moving in in here and they don't know me and I need lights 
many people that are church churches that will point to him. And every day I'm praying, God, send more churches, send more people. God, send us the people nobody else wants. We just want you to be seen. What is God calling you to today? We're about to enter fall. Fall is always a crazy time. It seems like people think about like, hey, okay, we're back at school. Maybe we should go back to church. And we'll have visitors and we'll have people. And there are people moving in. They always move in right around this month, July and August. They try to get moved in before school starts and get their kids registered and stuff. And so there are families coming in. There, there are things happening. And I know it's a busy time. But there's people out there that God has sent us to go to. And we're not going to reach them from inside here. We're not going to reach them by just sitting here singing some songs and making coffee every Sunday morning. We have to be obedient. We, we have to go. I, I love Robert Spear, who was another great missionary. He says this. He said, I have said that there is nothing in the world or the church except its disobedience to render the evangelization of the world in this generation an impossibility. You understand that? There is nothing except our disobedience that makes evangelization of all the four corners an impossibility. We just have to be willing. We have to be ready. We have to go. So again, I ask you this morning, what is God calling you to? Are there obstacles? He's bigger. Are there obstacles you've made? The obstacles that you've lived with? He's bigger. He can remove them. He'll open the doors. He's already prepared a way. We just got to step into it. I don't know you. I'm ready to step and see what God does.